ready for cutting until now and ready? Okay, let me get my game face on to say hello. <clears throat> hello and oh god, that was even worse. Alright. Hello welcome and welcome back, back to my best friends and engineer. I'm Lexi. I'm Libby, and we are starting this podcast off very chaotic today. I wonder if we'll cut that stuff. We'll have to discuss, but I feel like Libby doesn't want to cut that from what she I just know, I think that was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> and that will be there forever. Very good. <laughs> okay. Explain the episode. <laughs> yes. We have a wonderful interview today with Jenny Daly for you guys. So Jenny is a biomedical engineer and we actually talked, I feel like we didn't talk too much about the technical aspects of, you know, her role. We talked, you know, like you said earlier, before we started recording, it was like a little onion. There were a lot of layers. There were so I many like layers. compare podcasts like an onion, but there were a lot of different layers that we talked about. So we kind of the conversation kind of swayed that way which i loved so hopefully you guys you guys love it as well and she had so much good input just because she is involved in pageants and i feel like she has i don't know kind of like a dual life like a she's like hannah montana yeah exactly there you go (laughs) i like that um yeah i feel like we talked about so many things in this episode everything from tips on how to create your resume to be appealing to engineering jobs to confidence in the workplace to sticking up for yourself to imposter syndrome to everything under to having a 3.9 as an engineering major what the heck she's so smart she's literally einstein a genius yes like that's insane yes so we are very excited about this i feel like we talk about that like we say this for every interview, but I just, I love, I don't know. I loved everyone that we talked to and we were just talking about this earlier, but I just want to be their friends. I'm like, everyone's so cool. So accomplished, such girl bosses. So yeah, yeah, that's but, what we got for you. And I love how she is um, competing in page- pageants because I've only ever watched like, um, what was that one show on TLC? TLC? What was um, it like? Toddlers and tiaras. Yes, yes. But but like, um, she is not like that. She's like literally professional. Like she is not like toddlers and tiaras. She's like girl boss, professional, Miss Maine, speaking, public speaking, headshots, looking beautiful, being amazing, being smart. Like I, there's so many layers. Definitely, which is kind of why I'm excited that we were able to interview her because I feel like when people think about pageants, that's what they think of, toddlers and tiaras, and she even mentioned that too. There's a lot of people that aren't too familiar with pageants in general and how they work and kind of the people who do the pageants are just, they know what the main, I guess, concept and like intent of these pageants are. And I feel like toddlers and tiaras just give a whole different view on that. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Well, um, before we get into the episode, let's catch up. How was your week, Lexi? My week was splendid. It was pretty good, actually. <laughs> I feel like I set myself up the bar so low. I'm like, this oh, actually great. wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, not too bad. So I was actually supposed to go on a work trip, just like you. You're talking about your, your work trip mm-hmm. um, this next Monday, the 7th coming up. But that got delayed till the 21st, so Bad. we can definitely, yeah, but it's okay. I feel like we had more time to plan, mm-hmm. so, because we, it was like, the beginning of this week, I was like, uh, what's going to happen with the flights? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. That's an audit trip, so 
Yeah, now I'll be on site. We're doing our rerun for that failure that we had for that one validation I keep talking about and why I'm on site. We're running that next week. So Mm -hmm. this past week was kind of spent setting up the path forward to fix Mm -hmm. that mistake and to address that failure. So nothing too crazy, but you, Miss Ma'am. Miss Ma'am. Hey, you have some updates for us. Wait, before I say this update, um, there's this guy that I work with. He's a field engineer and he's like, how old is he? I think he's maybe like 65 and he says that he's from LA, but it's, he's from lower Alabama, LA. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Right. But um, it's so funny because every time he speaks to me on the phone, he's always like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I like every time I say something, it's so funny. Okay, but anyway, um, yes, I'm on a work work trip. And it's so funny because I think if we, depending on when we release these episodes, people might be listening to this before they, like, these, we might be listening to these out of order. So people might listen to next week's episode or the week before this and be like, what the heck is going on? Um, So yes, I'm finally, I'm finally on the work trip. Um, I... I got up the courage to stay after the work trip. So I'm taking some personal time in Florida and this, it sounds so lame, but I was like so scared to do it. I don't know. Like I've never really, I've never really traveled alone or like I've traveled alone, but then like I've met up with people at the place that I was going, you know, like I've never been somewhere and like stayed overnight and been alone. I don't know. Like, so it's, it's just weird. So it's not weird. It's fun. I'm growing as a person, a human being, and an intellectual. And part of that process is going on work trips alone and not being such a wuss. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, but the, the work trip was good. We um, – it's it's always great to meet the customer in person because I feel like all I'm doing all day long is emailing them. You need these parts for reassembly. And they're like, who is this girl that is emailing us, yelling at us? And then um, I show up and I'm like, howdy, it's me. Um, (laughs) So, no, it it was great. And all the guys on site are always so nice. Uh, We went to some really good dinners. We had – the first night we had – I had this, like, seared yellowfin – like salad thing i don't know it was Ooh. magical it was also so your stories looked so good on your food because you had a sushi boat you didn't get to that yet oh but my gosh so good yeah so then the next night we went and got sushi and we okay so little little background story here so we we ordered some appetizers and we were with our site guy and he is i think we looked up his age he like got a little embarrassed about it, but we looked Aww. at his age. I think he's like 64. <laughs> anyway, he's the sweetest guy. Like I love working with him and he's so good at his job. So we go out to dinner and we go to this like sushi, res- sushi restaurant and we got some appetizers. I think we got, um, actually I don't remember what it's called, so I'm not going to say it, but anyway, we got appetizers <laughs> and one of, oh, ceviche. Have you, have you had ceviche? Mm, no, I don't ceviche? even, I have no idea what that is either. I can't even uh, pretend. I don't even really know what it is. I think it's like a little, like, I think it's like a cold stew full of, like, oh, okay. raw fish, kind of. Uh, that nice. could be completely wrong, but that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> so anyway, they bring out this ceviche in this, like, in this plate that almost, like, looks like a little rowboat, and we had ordered a four-person boat of sushi so when it comes out this rta he's like oh is that our boat and we're like all laughing whatever we're like oh is this the boat and the guy's like no this is the appetizer and we're like oh okay 
So then the boat comes out and it's literally like the size of a folding table. This freaking like wooden boat with all this sushi on it. And we're all like laughing, making fun of him. We're like, no, that was not the boat. That was like the little lifeboat to the Titanic over here. (laughs) Eating sushi off of. That's so funny. Yeah. It was great though. And and um yes, we we had some good dinners. We got to spend a whole day at the power plant just yeah, like meeting the people and we checked out all the components that are there, the ones that still have to be sent to our shop so we can kind of take some pictures and give our shop engineers a little bit of a heads up of what they'll be receiving in a couple weeks and yeah, I I, I love work trips. So it it's been great. Excellent. Also, I totally thought of something to talk about. Um, I had the SWE panel for Miami this past week, which oh, you yeah. were able talk to. Yeah, so that was awesome. Um, there were three people. It was kind of a career panel. So you weren't able to talk on it, obviously, because you were on the work trip. But mm-hmm. it was so interesting just to get everyone's, you know, all these different perspectives. So it was for SWE at Miami, which is a Society of Women Engineers organization. And it was me, so, you know, two years out of school mm-hmm. in industry. And then we had a career advisor. She, you know, did her degree, not in engineering, but she went ahead and did a PhD in engineering. So oh my gosh. crazy. Yeah. And now she kind of focuses on career advising for engineers. And then we actually had a PhD student or PhD candidate. So that was Super interesting, Please. I think, for the listeners. I mean, I think if I were in that position, I totally would love all the different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and that definitely would have helped, you know, in undergrad. But yeah, so that was awesome. So that that was Wednesday. So I feel like my updates, my weekly updates are so boring. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, what does this girl do? I don't know. I don't really know either. <laughs> Just validation, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I always talk about work. Maybe I should, okay, I'll, I'll be better next week. <laughs> guys no I love that you um talk about work because it's so interesting to me because I feel like I have no idea what you do and I I have no idea what a validation engineer is so I love hearing about it I just feel like it just varies like when I'm on site so that's kind of why Mm -hmm. I give an update because I'm like yeah today like this week wasn't on site next week I'll have to be on site 5 a.m running that rerun yeah yeah, so excited but yeah so next week okay I'll I'll do something more fun Lovely. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad that you got to do the SWE panel and that it went well. And I'm sure everybody who was able to attend, it was super valuable for them to hear from all the different perspectives. Hopefully. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> girls. Yes. <laughs> all right. So. Let, let's get into our reviews um, and then let's let's get into talking with Jenny. Yes. All right. So this person said on Apple Podcasts, I've been working with an engineering degree in various roles for the last three and a half years. This is the podcast I needed as I made the transition to the work world, and it's also the podcast I use now to break up those endless work from home days. Amazing. I am so glad to hear that. I know that work from home, it can just get so lonely when you're Mm -hmm. in the house alone, especially if you don't have any meetings. So love that. Lovely. Um, so I am going to read a review that someone left from on our Google form and real quick, we'll give a, I'll give a quick spiel our Google form. It'll be in the show notes. And then it's also in the link in our bio and Instagram. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. So if you're interested, just hit the, um, 
hit that link. But essentially, we're doing a giveaway. Um, once we receive 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will give away a $100 gift card. Um, and you can be entered if you leave one of these reviews on our uh, Google form. So this person said, I love your podcast. Please talk about getting through weed out classes in college. Um, Lexi, I don't know about you, but I think we definitely could have an entire episode just talking about weed out classes. Oh, yes. Tips and tricks and horror stories, but also fun stories. Oh, yeah. Like the time that I literally failed physics because I didn't know that you had to solve the problems in X and Y direction. So I didn't know if we were going to bring that up. (laughs) I'm saying it loud and proud. Okay. I tell everybody, hey, listen to this. I have my engineering degree and I didn't know that there was an X and Y direction. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. I caramba. I literally <laughs> oh my gosh okay let's let's start talking to jenny and uh let our listeners in on this valuable conversation all right we have another guest on today's episode of my best friends and engineer if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself um say your name what you majored in and what industry you're currently working yeah my name is jenny daly i'm a biomedical engineer and i work on the advancement of medical devices so i'm a research and development side awesome fellow medical device industry love it yeah that's right up your alley lexi oh yeah (laughs) awesome so where did you go to school kind of how did you choose your major um can you give some background of kind of like your school Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I went to the University of Maine, and I studied biomedical engineering. I got a minor in math as well, because I love math. Um, But I got interested in biomed engineering, because originally I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor, just like pretty much everyone who does well in science classes thinks. Um, (laughs) And then I got talking to my calculus teacher, and he was actually had graduated with an engineering degree and I was like what is engineering like this is like senior year like when you're supposed to be applying for colleges I was like what is engineering what does they what do they do and so I talked to him and he was like talking to me about it and I was like that sounds kind of cool and then I found a way to actually combine my love for medicine with my love for calculus and decided to pursue biomedical engineering and Definitely don't regret it. It was, I think, a really great career move for me. I love what I'm doing, and I think it's the perfect fit for me. Awesome. Are are you still considering med school, or did you kind of decide... Yeah, so I actually had originally like gone in because I knew if I got a biomedical engineering degree, I could still go into med school after because you hit all your credits you required. I actually have a pre-med focus. And then it was like my senior year of engineering. And I was like, you know, I actually think my favorite classes were my engineering classes. Like, I really want to see what this is like in industry. I really want to go out there and try and, you know, see if I like that. And so then after my first, like, I've had two jobs now and I have loved every minute of it and I do not regret my decision. So I could always go back for med school if I wanted, but I just don't think that's the path for me. So you said that you majored in uh, bio bioengineering and then you minored in mathematics. If for someone who doesn't know anything about that, could you kind of give just like a high level of the topics that you learned about in your classes and like how labor intensive with math and all that that your classes were? 
Yeah, so the math minor was actually just for funsies. Um, you definitely don't need it. Uh, but <laughs> when <for> funsies, <laughs> I love math. And so you got to choose what your tech electives were. And I just chose math uh, tech electives. Usually you can choose like other like easier ones. I chose complex math because obviously I'm a tryhard. Um, and so I went in and I like <laughs> took all these complex math courses, like just a few extras, because with an engineering degree, you have to take all the way up to differential equations anyway. So I only needed like two or three of mm -hmm. my tech electives to be math classes for me to get the math minor. So I was like, I'll definitely do that. Like, that sounds great. But other than going all the way up to different equations, linear algebra, um, with the math side for biomedical engineering, it's actually crazy. You have to do, um, so such a diverse course set. So I had to go all the way up to organic chemistry too. I had to go to biology through biology and microbiology and like all this molecular bio. I don't even, I'm trying to remember all my classes. <laughs> I had like, I went from <laughs> biology to chemistry. I also took mechanical engineering. So I did statics and strengths and a few others. And then I also had to do um, electrical engineering. So I had to take circuits. So really, it gave me like a super diverse course set, which I actually really appreciated because then when I was having like when it came to going into industry and I had conversations with mechanical engineers, I knew what they were talking about when they were like, oh, this moment doing this. Well, I was like, I know what you're talking about. Like, this is easy. And then when it came to like uh, talking to electrical engineers and they're like, well, what about this resistor? What about this resistance? Like all this stuff. And I was like, I know what we're talking about. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm involved. I'm in this combo. Like I'm like actually like included and it was great. And it actually made it so I could, I could 3d print and design and do my own like mechanical side. I could also solder my microcontrollers, wire them. I could program those because I also took like some programming classes in my like bioengineering courses. So it was like really cool. It gave me such a diverse like skill set that it helped so much when it came to getting a job because I had so many things that I could like ch chalk up on my resume. Like I have experience doing this, 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 and this. It was so awesome. I didn't know that bioengineering was so broad. Like it sounds like you had so many different diverse classes and everything. Yeah, I even had some chemical engineering. We did like fluid flow. And like all that's like heat transfer, every like, yeah. Love it. Love that. Did you have any preference between all those different aspects of engineering or did you just like having kind of a little bit of everything? Yeah, so I really loved having everything, but I had always had this thought in my head, like if I went back and chose a different engineering, what would I choose? And honestly, mechanical engineering is my favorite. I love 3D design. I actually have my own 3D printer at home. I do 3D printing just for fun. I do like CAD designs, everything. Like I love mechanical engineering. I love how math heavy it was because you do a lot of calculations, angles, mm -hmm. everything. So Definitely mechanical engineering was my favorite. I would say electrical engineering, I can do the very basics, but when it came to like, they're doing like PCB board designs, they're doing stuff, I'm like, whoa, like way above my knowledge. <laughs> How did you get into 3D printing? Is that just like a side hobby that you took on after college or did you get into it in college? Yeah, so one of my courses was actually 3D printing like because we had such diverse labs, everything. Oh. Yeah, I, had, I did a lot in college. That, we actually, bioengineering has one of the highest uh, credit, like, credit hours required to graduate. So one of my labs was 3D printing. And what we did is we designed a wrist-powered 3D print, uh, 3D printed wrist-powered prosthetic. And it was really cool because you just, so what we designed it for was actually because um, 
if you have like a child and say they have like uh, they need a prosthetic for whatever reason, it's really hard to actually get them a prosthetic that fits because they're constantly growing. They're constantly changing. Their body is going to have different like angles, different everything as they grow. And it's not going to fit properly. It's either going to be too big fit or too tight. I mean, it's like crazy. So Mm-hmm. prosthetics are so expensive that it's so hard to actually get a child that's going to have like they're either not going to have a prosthetic at, at all or likely that it's not going to fit them properly so when 3d printing became such a huge thing people started 3d printing like little mechanical prosthetics that these children could then use and then if they outgrew it like they had a growth spurt overnight we could just print them a new one and it's so cheap effective you could easily change the dimensions everything so that was a big lab of mine and it was so cool there's actually a young girl who used a 3D printed uh, wrist powered prosthetic, same thing. Um, and she threw the first pitch at every baseball game, every stadium. Not every baseball game, oh but my every gosh, stadium. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Get a girl. Yeah, it was so cute. We learned about her and we got, so that's how we got introduced to 3D printing. And it like touched on my love for prosthetics. That was a huge reason I also went into biomedical engineering. But, you ask any bioengineer, they're going to tell you they love prosthetics. Like, it's such a cool, like, <laughs> love it so much. Um, so getting to touch on that, getting to design and print, like, an actual, like, prosthetic hand, it was so cool. And it, that really sparked my interest in 3D printing. And then I got, I just, you know, got my first paycheck for engineering. And I was like, you know what? I really want a 3D printer. <laughs> and so I started, I was like, I'm going to, it, like, took me a little while. I had to obviously, like, get some finances handled. But I'm like, it was only, like, $150 or something like that and I was like that's so affordable yeah it's like a little cheap like fused deposition modeling like very simple one but I also wanted to know if I would use it and I've used it I love it so much it's so much fun that's awesome what is the coolest thing you've 3d printed so one of the on cutest... your own besides the class <laughs> <laughs> yeah aside from the prosthetic hand definitely hands down favorite thing I've 3d printed <laughs> Um, they actually have it on display. They asked like my group to, um, have it for showcase for like all these like high school students coming into UMaine to get to show them what the bioengineering program does. Like my group's three, like prosthetic hand was like one of the favorites. Cause we added a bunch of little, uh, changes to make it better, make it like more, you like you could use your finger, you could use two fingers, things like that. But aside from that, my favorite thing that I've 3d printed, um, is I 3D printed a little crown for the Miss Maine USA contestants. And I designed it I saw it to... that on your TikTok. Yes. And I literally designed it to match the Miss Maine USA crown itself. So every girl got to go home with a crown. So what I did is I like looked at a picture of the crown itself. And I'd obviously like seen it in person and stuff. And I just designed a little 3D printed crown. And all the girls loved it so much. They were so happy. And I that's like one of the favorite things that I designed so far just because it's like simple it's small and I got and it made so many people happy speaking of pageants I feel like that's something that I don't know a lot of people that do pageants so for our listeners who don't know can you give a little bit of a background about all your pageant competing yeah so actually I competed in pageants when I was like little so I was a big athlete I loved sports I loved everything And my parents wanted to make sure that I was diverse in what I enjoyed. And so they wanted to give me the opportunity to not only play in these sports that I love, but give me the opportunity to try something a little like more with a stage presence, more with 
giving myself confidence for speaking in front of people. They wanted to make sure like public speaking, anything like that, like that was not a fear of mine. So they put my sisters and I in these like local little small pageants. And I actually won like a few of them. And I was like, so happy about it. But like, I was so scared to go to school and tell anybody because they all knew me as this tough Tom girl who like, or tomboy, I guess, who like played these sports and was like, I'll beat you up, you know, like as a little (laughs) middle schooler or whatever I was like, and so I was like this tough girl. And then I was like competing in pageants and I was doing my hair and like my mom would put mascara on me and it was so cute. And like, I ended up winning. I got to be in parades. So that was cool. But then I like, I didn't compete for a while. And then like my senior year of high school, I decided to compete for a uh, teen and that was fun. I really enjoyed it, but it was so cute. I looked up to all the like Miss contestants, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, these women have their life together. Like, I was a little senior in high school, and I saw all these Miss contestants, and like, it was the last year I could compete for teen. And I was like, I'm not coming back. Like, I, I'll never have my life together like that. I'll never be like these Miss contestants. And then it was so cute. And then I went through college, I got my degree, I started working, and I'm like, Wow, this actually, like, it all falls into place. And with time, you, you know figure out your way and now I'm back competing again so yeah awesome do you ever talk about your STEM background during these pageants yes so I when I that's like a huge portion of like kind of my platform like you don't need a platform for USA but really what I focus on is I'm a woman in engineering I really want to encourage other like girls to be in engineering not just that like I try and keep my femininity Mm -hmm in engineering which is not easy like as I'm sure you both know (laughs) because a lot of us are like kind of forced into like these boxes Mm -hmm. where it's like you have to fit this like masculine box and you have to act a certain way to really kind of fit in with the group because that's what they're used to seeing in engineering so staying true to yourself staying true to who you are what you like and still being an engineer on top of that so really tried to tie that all together in like that's what I've talked a lot about in my like interviews and things so yeah I think I saw you posted that um something about the Miss USA contestants and that actually a lot of them have been um in have or do have STEM degrees and are in STEM industries so have you met a lot of other women in your time competing in pageants that are in STEM Yeah, so I actually, I know one girl that I'm competing with right now, she has taken the MCATs, she, um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, she, like, has graduated, she's also a model, she does, like, all this stuff, it's amazing, and it, like, really helps, like, prove the point, like, you don't need to fit a certain box to be in STEM. Um, There's been a former, like, Miss USA who was, like, a, I think she was, like, a neuroscientist or something like that, like, she, like, yeah, amazing, like, (laughs) literally all this stuff, I was talking I was talking the other week about, um, actually in another podcast that someone brought me on, they were talking to me about the, um, Miss America, the winner, I think in 2020, and she was like a scientist and she designed these little girl boxes that were like, had little science kits in them and she was like sending them out and stuff. And so there's a lot of girls in pageants who actually also are in STEM and it's amazing. Like, obviously not all of them, but like, um in the I think the TikTok you're referring to it was actually people who had made it all the way to Miss Universe so for people who don't know you start out with like a town title which like I'm Miss Sullivan USA and then I'm competing for a state title which is Miss Maine USA and then if I win that I would compete for uh the United States title so I'd go from Miss Maine USA to Miss USA 
if I won that, then you go on to Miss Universe. So Miss Universe is a whole bunch of different countries actually competing. So okay. the video I had people, so these were girls that had made it all the way up through their chain that they had to, and were competing on the universe stage as engineers. And that was really cool. Awesome. So you talked about how in the beginning you were kind of nervous about, you know, talking about pageants at all. Um, can you speak about how you did kind of get over that hesitation? And because you mentioned you walked in parades. So obviously your classmates are watching. They're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it's it's always kind of been a struggle, like keeping the difference. I know, like, we all want to appear like confident in who we are and everything. But to be honest, it's definitely a struggle to kind of because I think there's such a negative like view on pageants when you're on the outside like a lot of people who aren't involved in pageants have this idea of what they are and everything and all the like women competing in the pageant know that's not what pageants are like we know what we're there for we know who we are we like i know there's so many intelligent women who have amazing stories who i'm competing like with and it's crazy so it's really i i've definitely had to work on it i'm so much better now but like when I first started like my job, I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to tell people. I'm just like randomly showing up really tan to work because I got a spray tan for this pageant, <laughs> like, like sneaking like little things in. And then there became a moment where I was like, I don't care. Like, I yeah. don't care. That's who I am. That's part of what I am. Like I show up in heels every day. They say something. I'm just going to laugh at them. I don't care. Like that's, I know who I am and I know I'm confident in it. So I started putting up pictures because my sister had printed out pictures for me that were like me and my family at the pageant and stuff. So obviously I'm all dressed up in a gown and everything and people are going to see that. So like I put those in my office and I just like, I just don't hold back when people like, like I've had people make little jokes like, oh, Miss America, you know how people get. And so like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm just like, yes, that's me. I am. I am Miss America. Go ahead. Call me that. <laughs> You're manifesting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So have you um, ever noticed while you've been doing these pageants, have there been aspects that are kind of similar to your role or the way that you show up in your job? Or like has competing in pageants helped you at all with, for example, maybe your confidence at work or anything else? Yeah, that's actually amazing. Yes. You're, for someone who <laughs> hasn't been in pageants, you nailed it because <laughs> literally the confidence I've gained from competing in the pageant really helped helped me in work when it came to standing up for inequalities, standing up for different issues. Like there were moments where I was, I was like, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to bring up this issue. I'm going to point it out. I'm going to, we need to get this fixed. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is going to affect so many other like young women who are just starting their career. And if they're facing the same thing that I face, like I, I will feel terrible for not doing anything. So I'm going to start doing something. So when I started standing up in those like instances was really an impact from like the pageant and like how confident I felt in my ability to speak up and like what my voice was worth. And then when it came to working, I got more opportunities to present my work to larger teams all the way up to I presented to the board of directors, the CEO, oh I presented like, so yeah, so I've really like. I just took on all of this and started presenting, doing all that, presenting my work and realized like, wow, if I can accomplish that, like when it comes to the pageant, like talking to four strangers in an interview, like should be nothing. Like I just presented to like the people who own my company, like they own my company. They can like 
can me at any moment. Like I just presented work to them and I was confident and I answered all their questions with no problems. And I'm like, this interview and this pageant should be nothing like walking on this stage should be nothing. So it really like they go hand in hand where like, it's like they keep like leveling up my like confidence and my like in my abilities in different ways and different sides. So like the pageant helps, then work helps, then the pageant helps again, then work helps again. And I'm really like, yeah, built me right up. You Libby, you nailed that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Cause I feel like a lot of, or I shouldn't say this blanket statement, but sometimes I feel like as a woman in STEM, you might feel a little bit more shy or timid surrounded in an environment with all these like, you know, big men. Yeah, you definitely can. Like, there's moments, like, I I think it also helps. Like, I always have, like, this kind of extroverted personality. So I mm-hmm. force friendship on people. So I make all these intimidating men. I'm like, you're going to be my friend. Like, we're going to be besties. Like, come on, let's do this. <laughs> and so, like, forcing that on them. And then, it like, then you're in the pageant and you're around all these, like, intimidating women because they're so powerful. Like, they are so ready. They're so sure of themselves. They're so, in, like the amazing things they're doing for their community and everything. And instead, like, it empowered me instead of making me feel afraid. And I think, like, the same thing in my work when I started becoming friends with these, like, men who I'm working with who are, like, I realized, like, wow, we're equals. We're doing the same work. We're, we can, like, combine our thoughts. We can build these things together. And it's, like, I feel empowered from both aspects instead of, like, brought down and, like, made feel small. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you mentioned that it took you a little bit of time. Initially, you were kind of weary about mentioning your, you know, pageants at work. How long did it take you to get that confident to put up these pictures and start bringing it up and being more open about talking about that? Yeah, so when I first competed, I didn't tell like anyone. I was like keeping it like really low. Like I was like, don't like, I'm just going to sneak around, do this, like all of a sudden show up and I'm Miss Main USA and they're going to have no idea. <laughs> like <laughs> That was kind of like hoping that would happen. And then I um, won Miss Congeniality, but I didn't end up winning, but it was really cool. I'm so happy that the girls voted for me. Like that was amazing. I really appreciated it. They, yeah. So I won Miss Congeniality that year. And then that year was when I had the photos that my sister printed out for me. It was like that. Um, it was like a month later or so that she printed all these photos for me and everything. And I like had them in a little bag because there was like other photos of my nieces and nephews all in a bag. And I brought it into work and then I sat there and I was like, why don't I just put them up? I was like, why? Why am I afraid? Like, what what are they going to do? Like, judge me? Do I care? Like, do they, they don't know what pageants are. I know what pageants are. Like, I, it was more like I had to do a lot of like self-reflecting on like, I know why I'm in this pageant. I know what I'm here for. And I know that I'm having an impact and I'm going to post these photos. And then what also kind of drove conversations more around it. Cause like, even though I had photos, like people would make little comments, but that was kind of it. But some of my coworkers found my Instagram and like followed me. And I was like, this is embarrassing. Like, I know I said we're besties, but like, yeah. no, social media is different. Like, we're work besties. Like yeah. don't follow me. Like, so when they followed me, they started like talk. They're like, that's so cool. And that was like a completely different reaction than I had like painted in my head. I think sometimes we do that. We sit back and we're like, 
scared of everything. Everyone's going to hate it. Like, oh my gosh, like overthinking everything. But like, they were like, this is cool. Like what's going on, you know? And I even got talking to like one of my guy friends at work and he's like, oh, I used to date a girl who competed for this pageant. Like, and it was like asking me all these pageant questions. And I was like, boy, you're in the know. (laughs) (laughs) I think what happened is really like, you paint a picture in your head of what you expect people to react. So that kind of like motivates you to either do something or not do something based on Mm -hmm. like this image you have in your head of how people are going to react to you. And sometimes you make that a little dramatic. (laughs) And I think that's what I was doing at work. I really, I like that perspective of you paint a picture of how people are going to react because I can definitely relate. (laughs) You mentioned earlier that, um, being in pageants kind of has given you confidence to step up at work when you see an issue or something wrong. Um, if you feel comfortable, are there any experiences that you can share with our audience that um, in particular were, were something you noticed at work was maybe a little wrong? Maybe it has to do with sexism in the workplace or ageism in the workplace or anything like that? Yeah, so... I've worked at two different companies, so it's, I'll just say these, but without knowing of which company I've like, because sure. obviously people can figure out which company I've worked at, but sure. like trying to keep it like as anonymous as possible. This is not at all like company directed. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few things that happened to me, like one was actually really cool. Uh, my boss stood up for me. It was amazing. It was the best outcome ever. And it's an example that I continue to share with people whenever like a male comes up to me and he's like, how do I be a better ally? I'm like, here's an example of an amazing ally that made me really feel comfortable in STEM. And so Mm -hmm. what happened was I, my boss was gone. He was sick one day and we had all these tests that needed to get done. And it was like a bunch of engineers who were in charge of like organizing these tests and making sure that they got conducted because uh, the scientists had allocated time for like running these tests and we needed the test organized and everything. So it was, my boss was sick. I was young engineer and I just like walked over to this older engineer and I was like, oh, hey, like just checking with you. And the scientist was with me and I was like, hey, just checking, like making sure this is what we need to do. This is what we want, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, whoa, you need to calm down. Like you're being really, you're, you're being a lot. And literally the scientist like was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening right now? And I was just like, no, I was like, they, I was like, look, I was like, the scientist only has X amount of time. We really need to get these tests going. I just want to make sure that we're doing them correctly. Like, is it X, Y, Z, blah, blah, you know, like he, and he was just like chilling and he had like some other male like colleagues around him. So he was like acting all, you know macho and stuff and so he was just like I don't know you really need to like chill out like you're being a lot you're being really like dramatic and I was just like all right buddy like this is what we're doing then I was like I was like no I was like this scientist I'm not wasting her time like not wasting it anymore all right I was like well then I was like this scientist only has x amount of time we're gonna run these tests just making sure it's clear with you Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go do that now like I'm gonna go get her set up and then I walked away and like, I, I, the scientist like talked to me and she was just like, whoa, like, why did he talk to you like that? What was going on? And like, and I was just like, oh, whatever, like stuff happens. Like I was a waitress for eight years. And so I'm like, you know, people talk bad to me all the time. It's yeah. Fine. Like I can deal with it. Like no biggie. Like just brush it off. Like whatever. Yeah. And I was just like being all happy, you know, and everything. And I was like, I'll just ignore it. Like whatever. Maybe he just was being weird. I don't know. And so the next day, my boss, who had been, like, sick and, like, wasn't able to be in work, and that's why I was organizing testing, 
um he like was at our we have a like morning stand up and everything and he was like hey what's going on like what got accomplished yesterday while I was out blah 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 and the older male colleague like spoke up and goes well since you were gone someone decided to be a little bossy and think they could take over oh my gosh and literally I was like you're done you're done (laughs) I was like you're like I'm just doing my job Literally, like, I was getting the scientist set up so we didn't waste her time. Like, what's going on? But I didn't say a word. I literally, like, he, like, said this to my boss as I'm standing there. And my boss looks at him and goes, well, good. I'm glad someone was trying to get something done. Heck yeah. And I was like. Love that. I don't even need to talk. I don't need to say anything. Like, this man's got my back right here. Like oh my god I literally like that is the example though I will give to so many people like I have so many men walk up to me and be like look how do I be a better ally and I'm like here's a story for you I was like this is an example of a great ally he recognized what was going on he recognized why this man was saying this to me why he was talking about me this way and he shut it down immediately and did not let like didn't make me stand up for myself didn't make me have to look like the bad guys like yelling and everything like he just went ahead and was like, nope, we're not letting that, like, happen. We're not. He didn't even have to say, like, you're being sexist. Like, he literally was just like, good. I'm glad someone's trying to get something done. Like, don't talk like that. Don't be like that. And I was just like, sir, I love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> How did that other engineer react? Did he say anything? Or uh, Oh, he was just like, oh, uh, 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 and, like, backed into the corner, like, you know, yeah. whatever, like, yeah, coward. Good. And I was like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> back up like yeah I'm gonna keep yelling at you because I'm not wasting these scientists time like these scientists mm-hmm. have deadlines like <laughs> people are mm-hmm. we need to get stuff done like we were like pushing a product out and like it was stressful like everyone was so busy and I'm like you're wasting time like we don't have time to waste buddy kudos to you for not saying anything in that situation I admire that <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was literally in shock. I didn't even expect like I this was like I was like wow like what just happened like what did this man just try and say about me he just tried to call me bossy yes like in my head like I'm sitting here and I was like I had to like run my family restaurant like I always was in charge and I was like I was like I am bossy (laughs) I'm bossy because we need to get stuff done like shush like but it was so funny like I was almost like taken back and then literally my boss didn't even allow like didn't even wait for me to say anything he immediately responded when just like no like we're not doing this and I just sat there and I was like oh my gosh I was like that was amazing like that was the best thing I could have ever witnessed like that was the best way that could have got handled I feel like unfortunately all too often women in male-dominated industries like when we do stick up for ourselves or when we are a little bit more assertive the answer is always from men calm down like okay then how come when you come up to me and you're all assertive it's just normal and like I don't have to tell you to calm down. You just expect me to immediately do what you're saying. Yes. So I actually like am involved in like a diversity and inclusion group at my, at like work and stuff. And there's been instances where I'm like, look, if a man is in a room and he is just like screaming, swearing, you guys call him passionate. But then if I come in and I just start saying like, we need to get X, Y, Z done. You call me bossy. You call me like assertive. You call, you know, I'm like, you call him passionate and like caring and like it's just I was like it's all just who's who it's coming from and we really need to take a moment and reflect on that like why are we so upset for them speaking up is it their gender maybe (laughs) like 
Yeah. What advice would you give to someone, like a woman in STEM, who is going through that same experience but doesn't have that, you know, ally and, you know, doesn't have someone who did what your boss did in that situation? Yeah, so I've definitely been in that situation as well, where I didn't have the ally and I was very caught off guard. So I would say, like, do not feel bad about being caught off guard in those instances, not having an answer, not having like a response, but more make sure afterwards you take time to reflect, you take time to analyze the situation and you take time to really recognize like, so that way you're ready to handle it the next time something happens because you got to stand up for yourself. You cannot sit around and wait for others to stand up for you because most of the time they won't. You also have to bring other people that were in that situation in and be like, look, like, did you recognize that he was talking to me this way? Did you recognize that this was happening? So that brings it back to, like I said, I'm really close friends with a lot of my male colleagues. And I feel very comfortable having those conversations with them where I can literally say like, hey, you didn't stand up for me in this meeting. Let's talk about it. Like, why didn't you recognize that they were talking to me this way? Why didn't like, I was like, this is how it made me feel. I was like, I really did not enjoy that. I didn't appreciate that. Like, there's been instances where like, they give credit to a man for my work and the man just says, thank you. And I'm like, excuse you. Like, don't say thank you. Say like, Oh, that was actually Jenny's like, you know, like yeah. there's like things like that. So I like would pull that man aside afterwards separate, like, and be like, look, like this is how that made me feel. And they were like, Oh, well I was caught off guard, whatever. And I'm just like, I understand that. I was like, but really you need to like take, take into perspective. Like this is the one big thing I got to present and they gave all the credit to you. Like, that's huge impact into my career. Like, this is something you really need to feel comfortable standing up for. And they were like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't even believe that. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, they were a lot more reflective and like, next time, like, I will be there. I will stand up. Like, so really, I think in, if you're not ready in the moment, there's a still stuff that can happen after. Like, if you're not ready to stand up for yourself, if you're not ready to call that person out because you don't know, like, you don't know how your work's going to react. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know. There are still opportunities afterwards to grow from that and to make it a more inclusive and better environment if you take the right steps. So if you bring in allies, if you turn people into allies who are active allies instead of just sitting there being like, I'm on your side, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> like You got to make them active as well. Um, and then also just like preparing yourself, being like, what, what do I wish I said in that moment? What do I wish I had done differently? So that way you can make sure that you like, don't just wait for those active allies to step up. You're ready to stand up for yourself as well. Yeah. I, um, I love how you said that, how you just are so confident. And I feel like pageants probably helped you a lot with that confidence because I know personally, there have been definitely times where maybe someone said something to me in a meeting and I just like brushed it off kind of how you said like with the restaurant experience and I was just like oh whatever like that was mean but whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah there definitely have been instances where I like I was just like oh it's fine like no big deal like they're having a bad day you know like and like kind of tried to brush it off yeah. and then there have been moments where it's like <laughs> repeat and I'm like okay you're treating me like this like all the time and it's starting to not be okay like we need to deal with this and like the reason I started standing up for myself more the reason I started being more like even though assertive is a bad word I was being way more assertive the way, reason I really like stand up is because I recognized it happening to other women and so that bothered me like 
you can treat me that way. But once you start treating another woman that way, like, no, I'm drawing the line. Like, I'm not going to let you talk to this poor woman. She's so intelligent. She's so, you know, like going on, like, I'm like so ready to stand up for this woman. I'm like, all right, I need to keep the same energy for myself too. But mm-hmm. when I started noticing it happening to other women, like I would notice like them getting spoken over in meetings, them getting ignored or their ideas getting repeated and not credited to them or things like that. I, it's bothered me. I was like, this is not okay. Like, it's not just me. This is a culture. This is something we need to make a change in. And so I think it took a little while for me to transition into the, oh, just brush it off. We're fine. Everything's great. Into recognizing that it's a culture that really like keeps women down and it keeps them quiet. There, I had conversations with women after meetings when I noticed them getting spoken over or noticed them like their ideas getting taken. I would have like conversations with them and they'd be like, yeah, I actually stopped speaking up in meetings because I noticed like, unless it's like a group I'm comfortable with, I really didn't want to speak up. I didn't want to have those conversations. And I was like, that's not okay. Like you have ideas, you have opinions, you are just as important as anyone else in this meeting into what we're doing and getting your opinion heard. And I was like, it like, it was like grabbing all that information, recognizing how many people it was affecting. I was like, no, like I need to do something. And so, yeah, that really like pushed me over. Awesome. I really like that. And you said something earlier. It was, you know, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one, no one else will. And that's, I think that's extremely important. And I totally agree with that, which I really, really liked that you said that. But now kind of transitioning, I had a few questions back to your schooling and, you know, your math minor. And you kind of mentioned that having all those courses in different disciplines like electrical and mechanical really helped you you know, obtain a position and what you wanted. Um, did the math minor come in? Did you talk about that at all? And kind of does that help you on a day-to-day basis? I feel like it would because you're, you mentioned you're in research and development, but yeah. could you speak a little bit more on that? Cause I feel like, you know, math, math is a good minor to have, but I don't find a lot of engineers that, or I don't see a lot of engineers that get that minor. So. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know if it like really made me stand out maybe but what it could have done is really like change the way I perceive things and the way I like analyze it because obviously there's technical questions in your interview they're going to throw stuff at you you got to approach it from different angles so the math minor could have helped me out there when it comes to how I view things I don't know if it ever really like I I don't know the people who did like were sifting through and all of a sudden saw it on my resume and they're like ah let's grab this one let's pull her in for an interview like I don't know if that ever happened (laughs) um but I do know a lot of what they asked when it came to math was more statistics based, which like I don't I had taken an engineering statistics course as one of my math courses. So I was able to touch on that. So that was a really important one, because obviously statistical significance when it comes to research and development is one of our most important things. So you can use like statistics anywhere in research and development where the complex math I was using is more like very specific. If I start working on something that's like very like oriented to running those derivatives or doing things like that like you have to be doing very something very specific for that but when it comes to statistics you can use that in any data analysis any conclusions you're drawing anything you really need statistics when it comes to like making sure that these processes are going to pass and get through and verified through the fda so i know from my math minor that's definitely like one of the courses like your statistics course although like hate to say it was my least favorite math (laughs) is the most important math. Like I just love calculus. So I'm going to like all math is great. I love all math. Um, 
but I would definitely say like love calculus way more than statistics, but statistics has been the most important. And I actually grew to love it more as I'm working because I see how important it is and impactful it is into the world and like what we're designing and what we're developing and the decisions we make. So that way you're not just being like, I have a feeling that this one's better. It's like, no, I have yeah. <laughs> evidence that this one's better. Like we definitely need to go with this one. So mm-hmm. I would say for when it comes to interviews, when it comes to courses, a lot of the most important things when it comes to being on the resume and what I talked about was statistics for the math, but then any of the lab work I did. So anything that was actually hands-on building, developing, um, any data analysis, um, things like that, that's really where my interviews kind of focused when it came right out of college. They were like, okay, like I see you use CAD, you have SOLIDWORKS experience, you have um, experience wiring microcontrollers, programming them, like all of these technical skills that were like very like small, like, like I mentioned, my career was very diverse. I mean, my schooling was very diverse. So having those experiences written down, that was definitely like things that they pointed out but it was very important that I was able to actually talk to all of them because I was very involved in all my classes. I was very passionate about getting good work, good quality work. I wasn't just someone who just like sat back and was like, Oh, like, you know, like let someone else do this lab work and I'll just, you know, write the report and, you know, check it off or something. Like I was very involved in the decisions we were making. I was involved in the designing and everything. So I could talk to that in the interviews. And that's really where the interviews they can kind of tell like, oh, you have CAD experience, but really, do you? Do you understand CAD? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm like, I also do it for fun. I was like, I love it, actually. Yeah. Like, I would do it 24-7 if I could. <laughs> so whether it, be, whether it be in schooling or with your pageants or with your career, I feel like you just are exuberant and radiating confidence. So have you ever felt like imposter syndrome at all or have you always just been like heck no I got this like this is what I'm doing and let's go yeah I think it's so funny because I think it's like I people always tell me they're like you're so confident and I'm like am I like do you know what's going on up here like everyone just like gets this like no you're confident like you got it girl like you have it and I'm like I sure like I must be projecting that like I must like have that energy I have I think I definitely have grown a lot like I have definitely grown in confidence like I must have been faking it so good to fake it till you make it and I was faking it real good in the beginning but like I definitely have grown so much in it but I have had plenty of instances so when I graduated college like I worked really hard I made like I had a 3.9 GPA I back in high school, I graduated valedictorian, like I have been very like school focused, like making sure my grades were good, making sure I was working hard, making sure that I understood all of this stuff that I was working on. And then I graduated, and I couldn't even get an interview. And that hit me way harder than anyone really knows. Like there are very few people knowing like how hard that hit me because it felt like I had worked my entire life so hard, so driven for this moment to get a job and I couldn't. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what did I do? Like, I thought I checked every box. I thought I did everything perfect. I was in clubs. I was in, I did volunteering. I did, I got a 3.9 GPA. Like I got a math minor. I really like, I did all this stuff. I've worked so hard and now I can't get a job. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, and so I think that's the moment where I felt it the hardest. Like I was like, 
what is everyone else doing that I'm not? What if like, like what's going on? Like, I don't get it. Like, so I really lost so much confidence in my abilities. Cause like when I was graduating, I was like, I'll get a job. No problem. Like I'm gonna go on vacation (laughs) and I'll come back and I'll get a job. Like I'm perfect. Like everyone wants me. Like I am a great engineer. I know it. Like I like, and then I couldn't get a job. And I was like, this sucks. Like that, that sucked. That really hurt. That really bothered me. And there was like a moment where I was like, I'm going to have to move back in with my parents. I'm going to have to start waitressing again. I'm going to have to like really do all this like complete life change, like from what I thought I would be doing. And what happened was I actually sat down with my boyfriend's aunt, who was an engineer. She was like, let me review your resume. Let me look over it. Cause I, I wasn't getting phone calls. I wasn't getting anything. Like I was, it was radio silence. I was sending my resume to the ether and that was it. Like no feedback, nothing. And she's like, let me review your resume. I hire engineers all the time. Like, let me look into this. Like she read through my resume and she was like, you need to come in and sit down with me. Like we need to work on this. And so she completely like walked through my resume, walked through what engineering resumes should look like, walked through like what they're actually looking for changed my life like completely changed the trajectory of everything i within like a few weeks i had like i was getting interviews i was like it was i had a job offer immediately like it was oh my such a change and so it was crazy and so that was actually why i started posting tiktoks i was like i need to share this i need to share help i need to help people like this is not fair like i'm a first generation engineer and I wasn't getting jobs, but everyone else who had parents who were engineers, who had other, like, they all had jobs. And I was like, I, like, it's because they knew. They knew how to make a resume. They knew how to do, like, there was just so many little things that college assumed I knew because everyone else in my class knew, but I didn't know. And mm-hmm. I actually ended up sharing my resume with two other people who I knew were first-generation engineers as well who were struggling getting jobs. Within a month, they both got a jobs as well. And it's like, oh, my word, like, this is it. But... There's been plenty of other instances where I've kind of been like felt very impostery, like especially when you're first starting out your career, you think everyone in that place knows so much. They know so much more than you. They've been there forever. They know everything. You walk into a room and then there was a moment, I think, in like a meeting where I realized I was like, I know way more than some of these people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I thought I was, these people intimidated me and I'm like, they're asking me for answers. I was like, why am I intimidated? We're colleagues. We're equals. This is insane. Like I'm answering their questions. I'm, you know, the more questions you answer, the more things like it just grew in my confidence. I was like, wow, like I do know stuff. Like I do know why I'm here. I do know what I'm doing. This is, yeah. Can you talk about some of those main differences between your initial resume and the resume that, um, that your boyfriend's aunt kind of helped you with? I know that you mentioned you talk about it on TikTok a little bit, but yeah. kind of what were the main takeaways? Yeah. So huge things. So I had my resume reviewed by teachers because that's what my parents were and by um, like business majors because I had like best friends who were business majors. I think they all thought my resume was great. They thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Engineering resume, not the same, not the same as a teacher resume, not the same as a business resume. Um, when I sat down, She's like, you know so much and you've put nothing on this paper. Like she walked through, like I would say like, I did this design project. 
thumbs up. Like, ask me about it, you know, kind of yeah. like, let me tell you what I know. <laughs> like, I thought that's how it went. Like, I thought I was supposed to give them just enough to get them curious or something, you know, like whatever it was. And I like gave like very basic details like, oh, hey, like I did this design project. Like I designed a prosthetic hand instead of saying I use SolidWorks to 3D print a prosthetic hand that was wrist powered that, you know, met the anatomy, blah, blah, blah. Like when it came to writing my actual like new engineering resume, I went into detail on all of that. Like I mm -hmm. said, I developed a black box sensor, right? No, what I did was I used LabVIEW to program an entire, like I literally had to go into specific details because what they, what a lot of engineering companies do is they have like a sifter. And if you have certain hit words like LabVIEW, like SolidWorks, like certain like technology words they're looking for. And if you hit on those, if you say like, I have Pithamika like experience, I have cat Python, I have all, you know, then they pick up your resume and I wasn't going in detail enough on what I actually did. So what I really needed to do was actually describe to them what I did. Do not skimp on the technical details. Do not miss on any, like, do not just say, do not like basically like I was minimizing myself. I was really like, I was like, Oh, I did this cool thing. Like kind of, you know, it's like, no, I'm confident and I'm aware of what I did. I used this, I used this, I did it, like I calculated this, I used this statistical analysis, I determined this from that, like really like going in detail because I knew the technical detail and I would have said it in the interview, but I didn't put it on paper and I was getting passed up because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, on my resume, before I had somebody look at it, it was kind of the same thing where I was just like listing off like, I did this project. But then when someone reviewed it, they were like, no, don't have like a technical section. Put the technical section into the describing section. Like use the technical words to describe what you did. <laughs> yeah, because they're really interested in like how you use that stuff. So like, it's not just that you use CAD. How did you use CAD? It's not just that you use Python. What did you use it for? Like, they really want to show examples. Like, they need to see that you actually did use it because you can use it for so many different things. They want to know how in detail, how often, everything. So you kind of touched on how you started posting on TikTok. You wanted to share this information with people who didn't really have access to it. Um, is there any other reasons or was that kind of your main reason? Um, can you talk about kind of your content? Yeah, so I really like originally started out like there was like a few things. One, I was dealing with a lot of like, I needed an outlet. I really did. I needed mm -hmm. other people who were dealing with the same thing. I needed people to reach out to to communicate with. I needed to be like, oh, you're dealing with this too. Like, it's not just me. Like, there was definitely like dealing with that imposter syndrome. I had instances where I was just like, it's just me. It's only me dealing with this. It's my fault. I need to fix it. I'm the problem. I'm, you know. And then you go on TikTok or you go on a social media and you recognize how many other women have dealt with issues like this. How many other women are also in this? It, like when you realize that it makes you feel like, okay, like I've taken this step now. It's like, okay, it's not me. It's mm -hmm. not just me. It's not my fault. I need to like, there's like been plenty of instances where I could have just like buried myself in a hole been like, ah, it was all my fault. I'm the reason they acted that way. I'm the reason they treated me that way. And then with like, an outlet where I really got to reach out and communicate with other women who had similar experiences. That was like so amazing, so helpful because 
I like I had some like obviously I made a bunch of friends in college but not all of them actually pursued engineering not all of them went into it and so having people who and not every not every woman's going to experience the same thing in engineering if you're in a completely different company where it's all full of like that boss that I told the story of like you're going to think engineering's great and there's no problems like no problem at all but like some people do like and so being able to find those people being able to find those common issues and like being able to like talk to them about that that was great the other thing really really was I grew up in a small town I grew up where not a lot of information about engineering was available and I know that social media is something that we can utilize to get information to people in these areas that we can like educate people there have I would never have had like an engineer that I could like look up to and be like oh my god that's the career I want except I happened to get a new calculus teacher that year who was an engineer like and so that was amazing and I was able to talk to him about engineering and that changed my whole life and now I'm in the perfect career for me like just because you don't know a career exists like because you grew up in a small town you grew up in an area where that information wasn't really available for you like I wanted to use social media as a way to kind of make sure people knew it was an option I don't want to force engineering on anyone like if it's not for you it's not for you like I like you know do whatever career is best for you but like I need you to know it exists and I enjoy it and this is why I enjoy it do you still keep in touch with that engine uh that high school teacher by any chance like did you tell him what how much of an impact he had in your future career so I actually like I told him when I got into college like after a few years I because I had come back to the high school for something and I kind of like ran into him and I was like yo I just want you to know like I love my I love what I'm doing right now and I was like and you're a huge reason like I would not have pursued this career I would not have pursued this degree I would have gone into something that I wouldn't have enjoyed as much and I just want you to know like I love this and like this has been amazing so I haven't talked to him since like I started working or anything I don't really like when I go home, I just see my family. <laughs> it's kind of like what I do. But um, I definitely think there is moments where I would kind of want to like be like, hey, just so you know, like, I, I love it. Like, thank you. On your social media, I know that you post a lot about um, like your outfits that you wear to work um, and hashtag engineer in a bikini. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw on your Instagram that you posted some article about some shade that someone was getting for being a woman in a male-dominated field wearing a bikini or something like that so can you just give our audience like a little brief overview of like your passion for standing up for women to wear like whatever they want that's appropriate in a stem industry yeah so i definitely feel like women are scrutinized constantly for everything they wear anything they do um, especially when it comes to clothing, because obviously our bodies are sexual, hypersexualized, and people think they have to control what we wear, what we look like. That's been happening for generations, for like in all different countries, all over the world. Like women are, that's just the way it has been. So I really wanted to focus on being confident in what you're wearing. Obviously, appropriate in the work setting. You're not going to show up to work mm-hmm. in a bikini. That doesn't mean you can't go to the beach in a bikini and have a photo of you. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. We're humans. We're not just professionals. So there was what the article that you're talking about was actually a research article that was conducted by male doctors who identified that like if women were unprofessional on social media versus men and was focused on like women doctors and if they posted photos of them in a bikini. And if they did, then that was unprofessional. That was like checked on their little box. 
But wow. if a man posted, but if a man posted a photo of him in like boxers or like not boxers, but like swim trunks, not unprofessional. So it's like, where's like double standard much? Like we're literally yeah. like we're at the beach and uh, it could have been like a male doctor who's married to a female doctor, right? They take a photo together. They both posted on their social media of them at the beach in a swimwear. The woman is the woman is unprofessional, but the male is not. Basically, is what like the article was, was saying. What was their standing on that? What was their justification for that? Just out of curiosity, did they ever go into that, or they were like, "This is it." So what they were looking into was they they the original article was just trying to say like, "Are like who is unprofessional on social media? Are female doctors or whatever?" And they had or like I don't remember exactly what it was looking into, but it was more like unprofessional on social media for professionals for doctors and it gave like a checklist of what they identified as unprofessional and women in bikinis was just one of the things they identified and it's like where like it shows how ingrained like sexism is into our like society where you don't even recognize like they probably weren't in their heads being like, how can I be sexist against women? I, oh, yeah, I know what I'll <laughs> yeah. do. Like, I'll put, like, you can't wear a bikini. Like, no, they were literally <laughs> yeah. thinking. And they, they had a little group. They all sat down and they're like, yeah, that's unprofessional. List another, mm-hmm. list another. Like, and they, like, they all came, all these doctors came to this conclusion that women in bikinis is unprofessional. But men in swim trunks is not. Men in Speedos, never written. Like, anything like that was never written. So that just proves how ingrained it is. So... My focus on social media was more like, hey, I can be, I can make medical devices that will save these people's lives who are out here complaining about women in bikinis. And I'll still post a photo of me in a bikini. I'll still walk on stage and me in a bikini because my body does not make me unprofessional. My body is not unprofessional just because it's my body. And then when it comes to other social media, so (laughs) I really had no idea that I had like a sense of fashion. I just always was like, I'm going to dress how I feel confident. I'm going to dress how I feel comfortable within my little work like standards. And so I would be recording TikToks like after work and it would just be me in my work clothes. I would just do a quick video after work, you know, before I go to bed or like whatever. I just came home from work. I'm already still in my clothes record the video and then everyone would be like what are your outfit details what's going on like what are you wearing I love your outfits blah, blah, blah. and like I just kept getting so many comments like that and I was like y'all are kidding me like you you're gassing me up for no reason like come on you're lying and so like, <laughs> there was like they were like I need outfit details I need outfits every day I need to see what you're wearing work and I was like oh my gosh and then I realized like the impact that like how I dress has actually had on my confidence like if you're comfortable in the outfit you're wearing if you're confident in it like you're gonna show up to work and you're gonna be like I'm ready to handle this day I'm ready mm-hmm. to show up. If you're dressed kind of like uncomfortable and you're either not sure how you look and you're just like, you're not going to like feel it's, it's more of how you feel and how you're ready to handle a situation. And so when I realized that like how much I dressed ha- impacted how I act at work and how like confident I am, I was like, oh yeah, I'll share my details. If it's going <laughs> to help you all out, if it's going to make you guys dress comfortable and confident and like professional and like feel like you're ready to take on your day, like use me as inspo like that's amazing so that's why i started the little hashtag dress like an engineer so that way i could share my outfits so that way people who wanted to feel more comfortable more confident at work who like either they were just starting their career or like they wanted to change they didn't like the way they were dressing they didn't feel confident in it they needed to look at me for inspo they could just do that by looking at that hashtag I love that. I'm so going to use that. (laughs) So we're both in the medical device field, but you're in research and development. So I was just wondering, is were both roles that you had in research and development or did you kind of go from one 
um, focus to research? Yeah, so both have been in research and development. Right now, I'm kind of, I, I went from a systems engineer to a process engineer. So now I'm a little closer to manufacturing, which is kind of cool. It was a new experience, but really what I'm doing is systems engineer work in a process engineering field. But yeah, they've been in, they're still both in research and development. And I, I think that's my passion. I really like whenever like I'm considering any other jobs, like they have to be in research and development. It's been my favorite. I was, I actually did research in my undergrad. So that was really cool. And I just definitely think research and development is where my passions lie. Yeah, from the way you speak about it, you could definitely tell that you really enjoy your role. But yeah, that was that was it. I was just curious about that because we're, you know, have that connection, but. So wait, where do you work in engineering? Are you in manufacturing? Uh, I'm in, I'm in validation. Validation, yes. Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm yeah, doing some. We're the. <laughs> Sorry. Little cut off. Oh, I was just gonna say we're we're the annoying part where we're like you can't do this until this is done. Yeah, I'm actually I was working I'm working on validations right now, so I'm like validating some fixtures, nice. getting them. Yeah, wonderful. We love to see that compliancy. <laughs> of course, <laughs> FDA is gonna be right there. You can never not comply. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys both did research, research twins over here. Um, Jenny, what what? What are you allowed to share with us on this podcast, like kind of high level, what your research was about? Yeah, so my research was actually focused on paper diagnostics because I wanted to be able to ship diagnostics to rural areas. Like I said, I grew up in a small town in Maine, very rural. And so being able to ship paper diagnostics like through to those areas, to disaster zones, anything like that, where people really needed like easy medical care, easy medical diagnosis. So I was working on developing a new paper diagnostic. Awesome. Well, we like to ask all of our interviewees this one question to end on, um, and it is, what advice would you give to your younger self, knowing what you know now? So knowing what I know now, I would say, like, take a breath. Um, you do not need to be perfect at everything you do. You do not need to be the best there ever was, the best there ever has been. I I work alongside people. I don't know what their GPAs are. I don't know, like, I don't know if they failed a calculus course. I just know they're working this job and they're getting their job done. So I really, I was very, like I said earlier in the interview, I really was driven. I was focused. I needed to be the best. I needed to do everything perfect. Like I said, I graduated three, 3.9 GPA, top of the engineering. Like I needed to be number one. It doesn't matter. I could have relaxed. I could have taken a breath. I could have enjoyed college more. I could have like, I really did enjoy college. I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of fun things. I did clubs. I did sports. I did, you know, all that stuff. But I would say definitely like not stressing myself out as much as I did because it was really not necessary. So I would say making sure you get all your work done, making sure you understand everything, that's important, but the grade doesn't matter that much. You're going to do fine. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. Well, if our listeners want to follow you on social media, if um, they like listening to this episode and really want to connect with you, plug yourself, where can they find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, underscore daily, D-A-L-E-Y. And then on TikTok, I'm just Jenny Daly, J-E-N-N-I-E, D-A-L-E-Y. 
And if you find my TikTok, my Instagram's linked. And if you find my Instagram, my TikTok is linked. Well, we hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. And make sure to look at the show notes, episode notes for all of the links to Jenny's socials. Yes. Uh, I I love following Jenny. Um, that's how her and I originally connected was through through TikTok. And oh my God, we didn't we didn't bring this up in the uh in the interview with her, but the way that her and I got in touch through TikTok was that somebody left a hate comment, like a man left a hate comment on one of my TikToks, and she I think I responded to it in a TikTok or something and she stitched me and she basically like stood up for me and said like, you know, with all of her exuberating confidence was saying like how ridiculous it is, like the comment that this man made and how this is why women in STEM uh, usually don't speak up about their issues as much. So if you can tell from the episode, she's amazing at doing things like that. Yes, I was just going to say that. I think she's very good at empowering other women in STEM and just women in general. Yeah. And you can definitely see that in the way she's, you know, things she talks about and how she speaks about being a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, too, how she brought up, like, her um, job problems right out of college. Because I feel like there are so many, um, I don't know, just, like, engineer majors that I talk to who are like, oh, I can't get a job anywhere. And I, I don't know why, but I guess I never really thought that maybe it's because your resume isn't catered as well to what engineering jobs or recruiters or companies are looking for. Definitely. Yeah, I really like that we were able to get that insight from her because I definitely think that helped personally mm-hmm. in general. And, you know, we all, again, we all go to career centers, but a lot of them aren't really tailored to engineering resumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I always talk about how we were lucky enough to be in Theta Ta, which we had so many, like we had a room of usually what, 70 members that we could just hit hit an email to, like all of these people and have them review and get advice and all this stuff. And we do resume reviews. But like, I feel like if you don't have that, how, how are you supposed to know what your resume should look like? Exactly. And I feel like in Theta Ta, like at least in our chapter, I feel like everyone was so willing to give their input. And yeah. I'm not saying that in a bad way at all, but I just think it's so funny because they would just straight up be like, this sucks. You need to do better. Yeah. But it's yeah. like the intention. They want you to do better. They they know you can. Um, so I just like, I'm right now imagining people being like, what what does this even mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't I know. They would just like humble the heck out of you, like the older yes. members and be like, oh, this literally doesn't make sense. You need to change this. But and yeah. like, you'd be like a intimidating, like first year in Theta Town. You'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, can I uh, buy you a coffee now? And they're like, yeah. what, are you, what are you even asking? Like, oh, stop. Yeah. They're like something weird. I'm like, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> but like look at us now. We had we got jobs because of our amazing resumes, but we were lucky enough to like have that experience and have those like older members to really whip us, whip us into shape. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So awesome. Great episode. Another great episode of my best friends and engineer podcast. Yes. So Libby, where can they find you if they want to look at your TikTok or Instagram content? Oh my gosh, everybody, if you're listening and you don't follow me, what are you doing? You gotta go, <laughs> you gotta head over to Instagram, you gotta head over to TikTok. I'm at Libby Beyond the Label if you wanna hear more of my amazing, juicy, bubbly, bright, brilliant, beautiful, fantastic, <laughs> smart personality. 
How about you, Lexi? Where can they find you? You can find me at Engineer Lexi on Instagram and TikTok. And I just started to post. So I feel like I'm not as funny as as Libby and her little like I feel like you find a sound and you like apply it to engineering. And I'm like, wow, that was good. Like I don't think you know what I mean. They're just like popular mm-hmm. trending sounds. And I'm like, huh, nice. She did that. But um I think I'm gonna start posting. <laughs> Because I'm like, how did you, you know, make that little joke out of that? I was like, that's really good. That's really good. But want it right up. So I, I posted like my girl outfit today. I think maybe I'll try and do like the, the outfits more often because mm-hmm. I feel like that. You know, I don't, I don't need to talk. I just like, you know, just need to stand in front of the camera. So I'll, like, and you can you find know. a sound like a little song. exactly. I'm like, I don't say anything. I'm like, maybe we'll get some content, some more Perfect. content. So yeah, you can find me at Engineer Lexi. And if you want to check out our podcast Instagram, it's at my best friends at engineer and also on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. And then our YouTube, uh, you can listen on YouTube. I don't know. I feel like we always say that. I don't know if anyone actually listens on YouTube, but if you prefer to listen on YouTube, <laughs> it's at BFE podcast. Perfect. All right. Shall we? We shall. You guys know the drill. Here we go. All right. I'm Lexi. I'm Libby. And thanks for listening to my best best friends and engineer. engineer. We said it at the same time that time. I did because I didn't think so. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that was the most put together one we've ever done. No, I think that was episode nine. I significantly remember that because I was like, wow, that was good. I think so. Listen to episode nine. (laughs) And compare. We're just going to have like snippets of us cringing and like... Let us know. Yeah. Let, let us know in your Apple podcast review.